0: Why, hello there, sports fan. I'm Imogen.
1: And I'm Emil, and together we host Stuff's daily news podcast, Newsable.
0: Each day, we take a look at what's happening in the world.
1: And we bring you what's worth talking about.
0: If you haven't followed us yet, search for Newsable in your favourite podcast player.
1: In the meantime, our we gift to you, because we know you love sport. So here's our interview with former All Blacks coach Steve Hansen, head of the Super Rugby Playoffs.
0: If you like what you're hearing, and I'm so sure you do, make sure you find and follow Newsable.
1: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. Well, the Super Rugby semi-finals are starting tonight with the Crusaders taking on the Blues.
0: The Chiefs play the only non-Kiwi team in the playoffs, the Brumbies, tomorrow night.
1: As long-suffering Highlanders and Hurricanes fans, respectively, we are uh, now completely impartial observers—the most impartial. Yes, with our teams having been denied the chance for glory.
0: It's someone else who we're also sure is totally impartial—is World Cup-winning former All Blacks coach Sir Steve Hansen and he's on the line. Kia ora, Steve.
2: Kia ora. how are you guys?
0: I'm, I'm great thank you, how are you?
2: Yeah couldn't be any better.
0: So who's going to win?
2: Oh who knows but uh, <laughs> look let's just hope they're exciting games and they get people excited about them but the Chiefs have been on fire. It um, be really disappointing to see them drop the ball this close to getting into a final and you know the Blues Crusader battle is always great. Um Crusaders kept them to zero last time, so I don't think Leon and the Blues boys will be that happy about that. So that should be a good tussle.
1: How do you reflect on the season so far, Steve? You reckon it's been a goodie?
2: Uh, it's been interesting. I mean, hmm. the Super Competition it, it comes under a lot of scrutiny, and uh, you know, there's some good ideas coming out of Australia about how to jazz it up a bit, and you know, hopefully. Um, we, we we are open and flexible enough in our thinking to maybe try that. I think um, the idea of having a draft and the idea of being able to interchange players between you know travelling to Australia is just like travelling from Invercargill to Auckland, so uh, shouldn't hold any fears with you know our, our New Zealand players being able to play for the All Blacks.
0: Uh, who's been your standout player of the season from any team?
2: Oh uh, well, to be fair, I haven't seen. All of them play that often, but uh, the guy I have seen play, uh, who's impressed me every time he's played, is Damien. I think he's had a great season. Bowden's starting to come right too, just quietly.
1: I, I went to high school with Damien McKenzie, so it's uh, surreal and depressing to see him. Uh, you know, as a top level rugby player, I finally have to relinquish my dreams of being a professional.
2: I think. Um, but look, all of like this is gore if, uh, You went to school with. Him. Oh, did you go to Cross College? It was in
1: Christ College. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah.
2: He yeah, was. Well, that's even worse. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I saw him score 40 40 points against Rathkeel once oh god it was just unbelievable Um, look lurking in the background of everything this year Steve is you know the World Cup later this year Um, you of course uh, have a long and successful history with World Cups and looking at selections I'm curious we're getting to crunch time in Super Rugby now do these matches and how you perform under this kind of pressure matter more to the selectors?
2: I would imagine they do I think being able to to stand up in these big moments when the pressure's on um, is the closest you're going to get to replicating pressure in the All Blacks. I mean there's a big big gap between Super Rugby and International Rugby however seeing someone, how they deal with that uh, pressure at that level is really important and um, you know, the guys will be watching the players, particularly the younger guys that they don't have any history at performing at All Black level and new guys will be wanting to see how they go.
0: Uh, looking ahead to the World Cup, what's your assessment of, of where the team's at at the moment?
2: Uh, pretty good, I think. They finished off last year uh, reasonably well. Um, yeah, obviously, they, they blew the last 10 minutes of the England game, but up until then, they had that game comfortably in the bag and then made um, a couple of uh, errors um, from the drivers, but you know that can happen in football, so they'll have learnt from that. Um, better learning there than you know, at the World Cup. Um, it, it's a tremendously tough side of the draw. You know, have got four, I think, of the top five countries in the world on that side of the draw. So mm. there's going to be some good sides get knocked out at quarterfinal side. And um, you know, possibly even one of the top-ranked sides might not make the quarterfinal. So be interesting. But I think they're capable of more than capable of winning it if they um, have a bit of luck and uh, things go their way.
1: Three of the teams for the semi-finals, Kiwi teams, uh, arguably it should be four, but you know the Hurricanes were robbed, as Imogen would attest. Um, <laughs> does that speak, do you think, to really good depth in New Zealand rugby right now or a real lack of depth in Australian rugby, a lack of competition, or a bit from column A, a bit from column B?
2: I think for a bit of column A and column B, I think there's plenty of talent uh, in both countries. Um, the difference, I think, is Australia, and I've said this, numerous times and I don't quite think they've got their structure right since they've gone to more teams if you go back in the history and look at how well they've been they were you know, really difficult and how successful they were both at um, super level and international level when they only had the Brumbies, the Reds and New South Wales so that's three teams. Now I understand that they have to grow and develop the game throughout the country so They've decided to do that with franchises. Our model is we do it with the NPC, and that's our developing ground for our super teams. And we don't have the same competition that they do for NRL and, and uh, AFL. So we get most of the guys that play rugby stay playing rugby, one or two go overseas, but most of them stay and at, at some point play super rugby. So that's the, the subtle differences I think. Um, Talent-wise, I think they've got plenty and I think we've got plenty at the moment too.
0: What's got you excited about rugby at the moment?
2: Uh, What's got me excited? Um,
0: What's 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 the thing that you're like? Oh, this is going to be other than the Rugby World Cup, but like this is this is going to be something to watch, or I can't wait to see how that develops.
2: Yeah, look, I can't say there's a lot of things getting me excited. I can't wait to see that develops. But (laughs) look, the the Crusaders Blues game is always great to see. Like semi-final time of Super Rugby is interesting time, isn't it? And and uh, whilst you say I'm impartial, I'm former Crusader coach and. You know, so I've got a wee eye on those guys, wanting them to be successful. But at the same time, you know, I'd like to see the Blues um, play well. So from an all-black point of view. So really the excitement for me and probably most other people in the country is, is the World Cup itself. Yeah. You know, it's a great year of footy, isn't it, when you get up there and looking forward to that tremendously. So... It is exciting. I think the the talk that's going on around the super competition, though, if they do uh, be brave enough to and flexible enough in their thinking to take some of these ideas on, then there's some great opportunities for the game to grow and develop. And you know, I think the fans are the chief indicators of whether we should do it or not. And you guys will be talking to more fans than I am, so you probably got a better feel. But I would imagine they'd be pretty keen.
1: For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I found it really interesting. It, it sounded in your answer earlier on in the interview like you were sort of a proponent for an, for an idea of more internal player trading, which is something that Australian rugby has, has suggested as a way to sort of zhuzh up the competition in a way. I, I'm curious about that because I, I follow English football really closely. Imogen does as well. and. Yeah. That's a very successful product, the Premier League in particular. And I think one of the reasons to that is that you have the football side of things and then you have the off-field side of things. And the narratives and the storylines and the off-field side of things are just as important to the appeal of the product as what happens on the field. It strikes me that rugby... At the moment, is as good as it's ever been in terms of what happens on the field, but there's not much to keep people really excited in terms of the off-field stuff. What, what do you think about that idea?
2: Yeah, well, look, I think we've got to keep modelling, and and the greatest example for me is the NRL. Like Peter Villandes has done a tremendous job there. He's also done the same thing with New South Wales Racing, and he spent a lot of time working with the fans. What do you want? What do you need to be seeing, and let's deliver it. And um, breaking down the barriers of, you know, the the way we used to always do things is that's the tradition of how we do it. And traditions are great as long as they don't get in the way of progress. So we've got to find a way to get people into the excitement of the competition. And I don't think you know a lot of people are saying, oh, they're, they're bored with rugby, but. I don't think it's so much that I just think it's what's happening within the competitions. It's pretty predictable. You know who's going to be there mm. and who isn't until you get to the semi-final stage. And even then some of that's questionable like last week the quarter-finals you could have just about picked all the winners. Yeah. Wouldn't have been too difficult. So, you know, we've got to make some changes and uh, the powers to be are working hard on doing that and we've just got to give them the time to see what they come up with, but you know, I do hope they're taking note of what, what the fans and the players and the coaches and everybody else that's actually participating in this um, event, what they're thinking. You know, and the fans are participating in it because they're the people that are watching it. So you know, they need to have a voice as well, or need to be heard.
1: Yeah, I wanted to sort of delve a bit more into that sort of health of Super Rugby as a competition side of things, because I mean, even looking at this season, you know, there have been lots of Lots of narratives popping around, you know, the load management of the All Blacks, and whether fans are actually seeing the players that they're paying to see. Um, you know, preponderance of yellow and red cards, um, and, and a perception of sort of heavy-handedness among referees. Linking into this, all of course, is relatively low crowds. I mean, like, do you think Super Rugby is at a bit of a juncture here? Do you think it has to change for the health of of the competition and rugby in New Zealand as well?
2: Well, they have to do something. Like, I mean, it's easy to say Super Rugby has to is the problem, but you know. Yes, there's certain things about that competition that aren't right. We all know that. Um, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. Um, but there's certain things about the game that aren't quite right. And you know, you've mentioned the red cards and and you mentioned the refs and the, like the refs are only doing what they're told to do. So it's not their problem. Um, the problem is we've got a lot of head injuries happening. My issue is is the red card fixing that? Mm. Uh, you know, is it is it catching people at the bottom of the cliff, or are we actually looking at the the ways we can improve a our tackle technique, b our anticipation? So you don't run like if you think about Angus Two of our incident earlier in the year, you know he had no intention of making a high tackle; he just ran into the guy, but he had no in anticipation of the guy running, stepping inside his own teammate. So we've got to teach players to be better at that. We've got to make some changes, I think, to some rules to get the uh, height of the, the jackal's head higher because once he gets over the ball and his head's lower than his hips, you can't remove him. People are going to try and remove him, but invariably they become at risk of using their shoulder into a head, and that's a red card. So uh, our challenge in the game, and world rugby's biggest challenge, is how do you not destroy the game By having red cards, as soon as that happens, you go, well, fait accompli, unless you're allowed to bring people back on, which in the super competition you are. But internationally, you're not. Imagine going into the World Cup final and you lose a player for an accidental, non-intentional head knock. And yes, people say, oh, yeah, you've got to protect the head. But you drive a car and you have an accident. It's it's called an accident because it's an accident. You don't intend to drive into somebody. So my thinking is we, we should be looking at solutions that are going to rectify the problem, not uh, enhance the problem. Mm. You know, having lesser people on the park, that doesn't fix the problem. It just says, right, well, we're doing a lot of red cards and, and we're showing right, when we go to court, this is what we've done, we're, but they haven't these naughty boys haven't stopped doing it or naughty girls haven't stopped doing it.
1: Some of these things are just inherent to rugby, though, aren't they? Like, you know, like, there is going to be, heads are going to get involved if you're tackling people, you know. It, it, it's, it, it's, it's very difficult to get away from that but idea. But
2: what we're trying to do is, I agree with you, but what we're trying to do is is say that there's some that aren't inherent mm. and, and, and they are foul play, so off you go. But there's others that are unintentional. If they're unintentional, let's look at it and say, right, is that avoidable if we teach that person to tackle better? Mm. Is it avoidable if we teach that person to anticipate what's going to happen faster and clearer so he can adjust or she can adjust? And if if it's one of those two things, then we should do it. Is this law allowing our, our players to be safe when they're jacklings? Is it is it a fair contest?
1: I guess these those, those sorts of questions that and, and solutions they take almost a generation or, or years to sort of roll out, though, don't they? And and this is an immediate kind of issue. Do, do you think there are shorter term fixes, orange cards, or something like that?
2: No, they, you, they shouldn't take ages to roll out. It's just common sense. Okay, we've we've got to we've got to teach some people to tackle better. We're starting investing our money. At, at, a, at a lower age group, but we're going to go right to the top with it uh, initially, so uh, we get some immediate response. Like We spend a lot of money, in, well, World Rugby does, a lot of money on some stuff that we don't get much return for. I think this would give us a big return. You know, the TMO uh, stuff has been frustrating the fans for ages. It slows the game down and... You know, they've gone to the bunker system, which I think you know a better option. Is it the right option? Don't know, but it's a better one, so let's go with that for a while. So there's, there's some things we can do straight away. I, I don't think you need a yellow card. You just need to say, right, that's an unintentional event. You can, again, common sense tells you, you can see it. If you know anything about the game, you can see, well, he didn't really mean to do that. Whereas if you punch someone in the head or kick someone in the head, totally different. You're off for the rest of the game. But how many of those red cards are we seeing? Very, very few. Everyone just has to get on the same page with it, that's all. And unfortunately, we're not. So whilst we're not on the same page, we're we're left in limbo doing what we're doing.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centres or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: Just finally, I was, I was wondering, looking at international rugby, what, what team has your eye at the moment and, and what are you enjoying?
2: You've got to enjoy yeah. Ireland. They're playing great mm-hmm. rugby. Um, you know, it's quite comical. We're the last team to beat them, and everyone's written us off. You know, we could have easily beaten them in the last test too, but hadn't Angus been sent off, didn't help. So, when you go back to that question, how do I think the All Blacks are going? I think they're going good, um, but they've got no pressure as such on them other than their own, which is a you know a big change. But going back to Ireland, they're playing a good style of rugby. Um, You know, their 10 is very influential, so he has to stay sound for them to be sexton. I think he's a wonderful player and has a real um, huge factor in how they play because he touches the ball so many times, multiple times in one movement. So um, France are another team that are playing well. You know, they're a big forward pack and the halfback just gets them around the park and then, you know, we all know about their French flair, they can turn that on too. So, But both those teams have got pressure on them that they haven't had before, so it'll be interesting to see how they cope with it. You know, Ireland going in as number one in the world. they never been past the quarterfinals, so there's a real challenge there And France playing at home. When we played at home in 2011, the pressure of not having won since 87, mounted and mounted and... and the more support we got, which was wonderful, became smothering at the same time, and overwhelming, I think. And the same thing will happen if France are successful, you know, to get through to that far. But uh, South Africa are always tough to beat. I think Australia have got the talent to do the job. Um, they've got a reasonably easy side of the draw. Once you get into the semi-finals, anything can happen. So you've just got to get yourself to that point.
1: We'll keep our eyes peeled. Um, Steve Hanson, it's been lovely chatting to you about this. Thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it.
2: Uh, No problem.
1: Thanks for listening to this special episode of Newsable. If you liked it, chances are you'd like us every morning when we drop new episodes
0: head to your favourite podcast platform, search for Newsable, give us a follow, and that way new episodes will be delivered to you with literally zero effort.
1: And if you've got feedback on what Steve had to say about Super Rugby, any points that he made, uh, you want to debate him on something, get in touch, you can email us, at stuff.co.nz. and you can find us on Instagram and TikTok with the handle newsable.nz.
0: Neil, you don't need to... Your feedback on what Steve Hansen did. I won't. In that inbox, you can just tell me. I'll do it's... it from my
1: burner account. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Hey Chris. Yes. Do you want another very broad question? I've got a very broad question. Go today. on then. What do you know about sports? Up oh, the wires, go the Black Caps, and don't forget Premier League football. Oh, you do love a bit of Premier League footy, I do. don't you? What team is it that you're supporting? You?
2: Oh, the current champions, Manchester City.
0: I think they're pronounced Arsenal. It's pronounced Arsenal.
2: Uh, but you know what's good about football? What? They don't regulate sock height.
0: I'm sorry. There's a sport that regulates sock height?
2: Indeed there is, and it's cycling.
0: That's very strange. Why on earth do they regulate it?
2: Well, I know, but if you want to find out, you'll have to listen to The Big Stuff Quiz wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Oh, that's a cliffhanger indeed. The Big Stuff Quiz is brought to you by Melbourne Every Bit Different.